Missional learners remember well through instruction, practice and enjoyment. Mid-1997, I was very fortunate to go on a life-changing, significant mission trip to Africa and to London. We went with a man who was a long-term missionary, retired missionary. He'd been multiple decades in Bangladesh. And it was with a group of pastors. And I was very young and I was blessed to be part of the group. We spent time out in typically rural settings or some went to the urban poor in slums in the big cities. Uh, we, I, I was in Zambia, Zimbabwe, Kenya and Uganda and then on to Spurgeon's College London for an intensive in urban mission. Our leader's name was a guy called Roger Ellum. Did anyone come across Roger Ellum? No? Okay, so he worked in Compassion, uh, the organisation for child sponsorship and, and a lot of uh, aid work, uh, for many years, and that was how I got to know him. He had a beef after spending a long time on the mission field. He had a, had a beef with Western Mission. He said, we've messed it up. Western missionaries from typically the United States and the United Kingdom over the last 200 years have taken more than the gospel with them to the, the host culture. They've taken a lot of the Western ideas and rather than allow the gospel to flourish in its new home, in a cultural uh, setting that uh, makes sense for the, the people, it's been um, diluted and colonialised with a lot of Western thinking. So for our trip, he said, we're not going to do that. We're going as learners. So when we went, we, we went out for a week at a time in these rural settings and we uh, turned up with a notebook and a Bible. That's all. And I remember having these interesting conversations with the pastors who would say, uh, thank you for coming all this way from Australia. Uh, where is your program? Where is the course you are going to teach us? And we would say, we don't have anything. We just have a notebook to learn from you about how you serve God as a pastor and love the local people, how you teach the Bible in your context. And these pastors in Africa were blown away. They said, we have never had someone from the West come and do that for us. No one has come and stayed with us, eaten our food, not so that they could then teach us how to be Christians, but to come and just learn from us. It was so significant for them and an incredibly life-changing experience for me. Cross-cultural workers, missionaries at their core, are learners. Yes, they are teachers and heralds and equippers, but at their core, they must have a learner's heart. We are missionaries, amen? We are on the shared mission of Jesus. We saw this in Luke Acts as we've been studying it a few months ago. Jesus came to earth, was anointed by the Spirit, his baptism, announced his mission, and very quickly, basically immediately, he grabbed 12 people and said, come on the shared mission with me. I'll teach you how to do it. Then, of course, he died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit, his very presence, to inhabit those who would believe so that they could not just share in his mission, but be Jesus to the world by the Spirit. So there's no question, we are on a mission as the people of Israel were 
about to embark on a mission in Deuteronomy. So that's how we're trying to connect with May Mission Month to think, okay, these people were about to set foot in the land, embark on this mission to be God's people in the land of promise. They were learning instructions about how to do it, how to represent Yahweh. It's a long bow to draw, I know, but we're sort of in a new promised land here at Northern Life on the corner. It's been 120 years of serving God on Pretoria and College Crescent as Hornsby Babs, but now we've, we've got a new name, Northern Life, and we're excited, aren't we, about what God has for us in this new shiny space. The gospel hasn't changed, but how we can minister through this wonderful gift of a new building, a new space to minister out of, to be launched from, is exciting to wonder and come before God for um, his guidance in how to do it. So that's why it's very important for us to come under Deuteronomy chapter 8, just as the people of Israel did, and learn about being on the shared mission of Jesus. Now they are gathered to listen to three sermons by Moses to explain how they should live. And if I was to summarise chapter 8, I would do it with this one sentence that I read out before. Missional learners remember well through instruction, practice and enjoyment. Last night was so good, we were all singing at the top of our lungs. <laughs> I could feel my voice. Uh, I've been singing too much last night at the prayer meeting. Let's read from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. Moses says, Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Missional learners, remember well. If you were to think back, those of us who have read the book of Deuteronomy in the last 20 days, isn't this a strong theme? Do not forget. Remember well. But the people of Israel were pretty bad at doing this, weren't they? Their memories weren't great. They very quickly forgot who it was who carried them out of Egypt, who opened up the Red Sea for them, who kept them alive in the wilderness. Moses says clearly in the text, verse 3, God humbled you through many challenges so that you could learn what really matters. So it could be stored in your memory. The words of God matter most. Amen. How are you at remembering your life lessons? Anyone had some tough life lessons? Every hand. Where's the responsiveness here? To? <clears throat> Everyone should say, I've had a life. I, I think of life lessons and I, and I think of a story I told you once before of me as a young boy. I looked at my thumb and it was nice and fleshy. I'm thinking, a young boy. And I thought, I had a stapler and I thought, I'm just fascinated, curious. If I was to put my thumb in the base of the stapler 
and put the stapler on the top. Must have been like that. And I thought, I'm just going to give that a whack and see what happens. So I whacked it, and I looked at my thumb, and it was flush. The staple was in my thumb. And I've never done that again. (laughs) That was a life lesson I just locked away. I'm not doing that again, Lord. But it didn't stop me being an idiot. (laughs) When I was about 12, I was learning how to play golf up at Belrose Oval. And I had this, uh, I'd been given by a mate a, a, um, a rock iron, a little old um, pitching wedge. And I'd been learning and I was behind the nets there and I remember coming up and there was a, a bottle of beer, a brown bottle of beer. And in my curious state, I thought, I wonder how far that beer bottle would go if I hit it. Like how far could you hit a beer bottle? I was fascinated. So I got myself ready. And when I hit that bottle... <laughs> It exploded in my face so quickly. I don't know how I didn't lose an eye, but the whole thing just exploded. I I didn't go home with cuts everywhere. I don't know how, but I have never hit a golf club into a beer bottle again. And I do not advise you to do that. It's a terribly silly thing to do. How are you at remembering your life lessons? There are some things that we go, I'm not doing that again. I will not do that again. But isn't it weird how things that are more important and more destructive than those silly examples, we do again and again. I can easily forget what I'm actually living for and who I'm living for. I've learned the lesson before, powerfully, but I find I can forget whose opinion matters in my life. And I... I try it out again and see if the the opinions of a whole bunch of people that don't know me and don't care about me matter. And sometimes I think they do. Where our peace and fulfillment comes from, I forget that sometimes. Whether to keep people on my hook, keep them on my hook, don't forgive them. I forget, no, last time I did that for a few years, it rots and gets smelly and keeping people on your hook doesn't help you at all. You just get smelly and it ruins your heart. Whether to forgive or hold the grudge. Whether to be stingy or generous. Anyone forget that? It's easy to forget these things. Whether to bow down to that idol or smash it again. Oh, I forget what happened when I bowed down to that idol. What? Memory. If you look at um, the text that we read with a special highlighter, I think you see this as a summary. Be careful, Moses says, remember how God uh, humbled you and provided and gave you discipline. Be careful, remember with humility God's provision and God's discipline. Annika read for us that passage from Hebrews 12. No discipline, verse 11, seems pleasant at the time, but painful... Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. God is in the business of training us, of shaping our memory, of disciplining us. Sometimes it's painful. What's the point of these experiences that we have, of these lessons? The lessons are there so we can learn from them. Amen. 
There is a fruitful life, a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by life's lessons. The truth is what we bump into when we are wrong. And we bump into the truth often when we are wrong because it's just what we are. We're flawed. But godly people who are on a pathway of growth learn from the lessons that life gives us and God is behind these lessons. I think the parable of the soils is an interesting one to think about. Remember the parable of the soils? Jesus said the farmer sows the seed. And I got to thinking it's a bit like the farmer sows a lesson. He sows a lesson and he's looking for good memories. Good memory that receives the lesson and oh, I'm going to store that one away. Never again will I go near the stapler. Sometimes... Jesus in the parable says, the farmer, God, gives a great lesson. But we're not interested in receiving it. It's like our heart's stony. It just goes, bounce off. It hurt, but I'm not going to learn from it. Other times, we, we learn for a while, but then we get drawn back to the same old way of living. But Jesus says, sometimes, the lessons from the Lord, the seed of God's word, finds a heart that's good soil, a memory that's soft and malleable and ready to have new pathways, new neural pathways laid into it so that we could learn the way of the master. How's your heart? How are you at learning and remembering the lessons that we need to know because missional people are learners. Missional learners remember well through instruction, practice and enjoyment. And that leads us to this next portion of the text, verse 6. Moses writes, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to Him and revering Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams and deep springs, gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks and iron, uh, you can dig copper out of the hills. Where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Observe, obey, revere. Or you might say, learn well the instruction. Practice them and enjoy them. And by revere, I, I know revere means to treat something as holy and great. But in so doing... I think that is a visceral encounter. It's experiential when we truly encounter that which is holy, God himself, and we truly revere him, that changes us. We can enjoy the experience of being in his presence, observe, obey, revere. And then the word for, it's a preposition, it's leading us somewhere. Observe, obey, Revere, learn your instruction well. Practice how to live God's way and learn to enjoy it for success is coming. That's why you need to learn. That's why you need to practice. That's why you need to enjoy because success is coming your way. Tim Keller wisely said, there are two problems in life you'll find. One is failure, that's hard. And the other is success. The two hardest things we'll find as a challenge in life is failure and success. 
And the people have got success coming their way. God says, you're going to have to remember well, put into practice and enjoy me, revere me, because this land across the Jordan, it's luscious. It is good. It's got clean, clear water and good crops and bread, so much bread, iron and copper, as much as you want. And then verse 10, he explains what he means. He says, when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, when you come across immense success, if you don't remember, your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes, scorpions and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Success. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Missional learners remember well through instruction, practice and enjoyment. The challenge is not always failure. It's doing things and being successful at them. What's the antidote to remembering well? We have to receive instruction. We have to come under God's word. We need to prompt our memory regularly because our memories are bad. And having a good memory in the Lord is key to following him wholeheartedly. (coughs) Isn't it funny how we have a great memory often for the hurts people have inflicted on us? Anyone know that? Oh, great memory. Can't forget it. Cannot forget what you did to me where you hurt me. We have a terrible memory for what God has done. Forget that and remember the pain, the mistake. So learning how to get this into our heart and mind is key to being on the mission of Jesus and doing it well. Missional learners. So to be a learner, it makes sense. You've got to be taking in. And it's this primarily, but it's also the school of life, isn't it? Where God is teaching us. We, in our Life Hub, came across a, a fantastic prayer. It's called the Apprentice Prayer by a guy called Bill Gautier. And the Apprentice Prayer goes like this, and it's try, trying to help us see that every day we need God's Word, but God's wisdom is being imparted to us through life lessons in the school of life. And I need to be open to that as a learner. And so the prayer goes like this, Jesus, I love you. Father, I adore you. Holy Spirit, I rely on you. Lord Jesus, I seek to live today as your apprentice. My life is your school for teaching me. That's a good line, isn't it? My life, it's not Sunday morning or Sunday night. My life is your school for teaching me. I relinquish my agenda for this day because I'm a learner. And I'm coming to the coach saying, what have you got for me today? 
and I submit myself to you and your kingdom purposes. In all situations, I abandon outcomes to you, praying your will, your way, your time. Every day is a new day of learning in the school of life. We learn from God's word, but we also learn from the spirit each day in the cut and thrust. May we not forget the success you might be experiencing, the stellar movement up the ladder if you're at that stage of life. Maybe you're retired and you look back and say, I was very smart with my wealth over the years. I've worked very hard to accumulate what I have. Scripture tells us it's all a gift from God, amen? It's all a gift from God. Don't forget that. That would be unhelpful for your life and my life. Missional learners remember well through instruction. So we're a learner each day. <coughs> Excuse me. Each day we are receiving instruction. And what then what do we do with that? We need to put it into practice. Practice doesn't quite make perfect. But good practice does what? Creates good habits. Practice doesn't make perfect, but good practice makes good habits. That can lead to a high quality of performance, even the life we're living. We could live out our life with a kingdom focus and a Jesus-glorifying set of choices that we say yes to. Verse 11 says, Do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws and His decrees that I'm giving you today. So what are we going to practice if we're going to take his commands, learn, and then put them into practice? It's a little bit hard to do it from Deuteronomy. There's so much truth there. But if you want to start putting it into practice, you go to the New Testament and go to the Sermon on the Mount and open up Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and go, Lord God, would you help me today? I'm going to try to practice turning the other cheek. Could you teach me how to do it, Lord? Jesus will go, what is that? Did I hear you right? You want to learn how to turn the other cheek. Yeah, I'll show you. We can go to the Sermon on the Mount and see that we're told that we should seek first the kingdom of God over anything else, any other kingdom. Lord Jesus, can you help me practice today how to do that? And it'll start with identifying what my greatest treasure is. Passing on faith and wisdom for life to your kids, genetic or spiritual. That's a learned behaviour. Christian righteousness is a gift of grace. But we learn how to live it out. Learn well the instruction, practice them and enjoy them, the truths. Observe, obey, revere. The often forgotten truth I think about following Jesus is that he offers the good life. Amen. I, talking about forgetting and remembering, I will never forget being in a deacon's meeting at a previous church. And we were talking about whether a certain person should be trusted to teach in a study group. And it came up, the question about hell. It was a difficult question. Because the Bible talks about hell being a place of darkness and also fire. And it talks about death, which is a death. And it also talks about punishment that goes on and so the question was could could you believe in a hell that doesn't have a literal burning flame 
a literal burning flame. It's still there, it's still hell, it's still God's punishment, but God doesn't have to necessarily create skin that won't burn up and a literal burning flame, because after all, it does say that it'll be a place of darkness. So it's a challenging question to grapple with. And we were talking about this, and one of the deacons said, wait on, if my pagan mates who live the good life of sin aren't going to burn in hell, I'm joining them. Why would I, why would I follow the commands of the Bible and Jesus? I might as well just live the good life of sin. If it's just going to be finished with, it, with death, and my jaw just dropped, a little tear came out of my eye. I was like, mate, the good life isn't the life of sin. You're not following Jesus just to avoid some idea of flames, are you? The Bible says, come to me and I will give you life and more abundantly life. Not just now, but for eternity. I think one of the keys to observing, obeying and revering, of remembering well, one of the keys is not having to remember that far ago when you realised how good God was. Does that make sense? Like if you come and sit here and you, and you sort of remember 30 years ago when you had that wonderful life-changing experience and you were in awe with that hymn. Ah, oh, it's been a long time. But I can still remember when I shed a tear for the, for the glory and wonder of my Saviour. Can I encourage you, try doing it today then you don't have to remember 30 years ago. That's the key, isn't it? The key is walking in the Spirit. The key is waking up this morning saying, you know what, I don't feel that great, but I'm, like Ben said, I'm still coming today under the mercies, which are what? Start, starting with N. New every morning. New every morning, that's the blessing. God's mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. We don't have to try to remember 30 years ago, though that's a wonderful thing to do. But may we come before our great and loving and wonderful God, who is worthy of our best, and our Saviour and King, the King of the cosmos, the one who lives within us by His Spirit, who died for our sin and rose again. May we come under that truth daily, as Paul says to do. And I promise you, your memory is going to be better. Amen. That's the key, that we enjoy his grace and his goodness, which allows us to look at a cross and remember, oh, wow, the cost for you, Jesus, for me. Thank you. Of course, everything I achieve today is going to be a gift of your grace. I'm a miserable sinner without you, destined for death and destruction and eternal damnation. But by grace, I'm part of your kingdom. Observe, obey, revere. Missional learners remember well through instruction, practice and enjoyment. When I was over there in Africa, I took a little black book with me. I've still got it. And so for me, I like linguistic stuff. And I, and, and I, um, I said, everywhere we went, I said, can you teach me how to say John 3.16 in your language? And sometimes it was their heart language, not the national language. And so I've, got, I've still got about four or five of these from different parts of the world inside of me. And if you asked me, I could recite it. I'm not going to, but I could. But three out of four Sunday mornings when I'm driving down here at six in the morning, and I have all my life, I say John 3.16 in different languages. And you know what it does to me? It, 
embeds something that's fun in my heart, but it actually is actually the greatest truth in all the universe. And I get to tell it to myself, preach the gospel to myself in the languages of the nations. I have my little Pentecost experience. For God so loved the world, he loved the whole world first while they were sinners, that he gave his only son, his one and only begotten son, that whoever, whoever, whoever would believe in him, what he did on that cross, should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel that fills our hearts with joy, which is the essence of enjoyment. It makes me happy to know that he has made a way for not just me to be saved, but anyone who would come to him and say, have mercy on my soul. Hallelujah. How's your memory? It's important. We've been reading Deuteronomy. It is a recurring theme like a broken record. Ask God to help you remember. May we be a church who remember. The great things he has done long ago in this church history and way back beyond that in missional history, all the way back to the wonders of the New Testament and back another thousand plus years to the foot of Mount Nebo with the teachings of Deuteronomy. Lord God, it is our privilege to know you and serve you and to be on the mission of Jesus together. We ask that you would forgive us where we regularly make very silly and ungodly sinful choices that go against our best memory, that go against what we know to be true, but we are fallen. And so we come as people in need of your grace again this morning. We need you. And we thank you that your mercies are new to us this morning. And all the people said, Amen.